now the record button's going. Now you can go. Welcome to episode 22 of Auto Off Topic. I am one of your hosts, Brad. And I'm your other host, Andrew. Uh, big thanks to our guest, Vinny McMahon, last week. Uh, or on the last episode, I should say, in case you're listening to this years and months and weeks from now. Uh, he was on episode 21. Uh, if you want to know about uh, a beginner rally, like getting into rally, and then doing your first rally, and then driving all the way from the Boston area to Canada to do your first rally. It's a really cool story, and we had a lot of fun having him on. We'll definitely have him on in the future again. 100%. He was yes. a really, really good guest, really knowledgeable, yep. and uh, just a genuinely good guy. Yep. So winter doesn't seem to want to give up here. No, it's going to snow again this weekend, I, too. I thought we were going to turn a corner. Nope. But it's it's March, so in March in New England, you can either just be pretty mild or just terrible except it's march but today's march 28th so yeah. it's almost april so it should be gone by now yeah april april can be a mix too early april you get a lot of rain but hopefully hopefully the snow is gone soon because i'm getting tired of not i was really hoping old cars uh, out i'm really hoping they don't put salt down on friday well we'll see what happens because it's not supposed to be super cold over the weekend i just wanted to take my lawn out so bad because we had uh southern new hampshire cars and coffee last sunday yep the one at uh, clough crossing in salem new hampshire yeah and we drove uh i picked you up and we drove in the montero there because it's all right prepared for we, winter and we fully intended on bringing cars i was gonna yes. bring the colt and you were gonna bring the galant and then i was sitting it at my house rain working on a saturday yeah so i'm sitting at my house working on a mall car saturday night because that's what i As do on do. My saturday nights because <laughs> you know wild party animal um dad life right there right yeah um, so i'm sitting at my house on a saturday in winter time yeah working on a model car and uh, it's about 12 30 at night i'm thinking about going to bed and i look up and i see the yellow lights going down the street of the salt truck yeah so that screwed up all of our plans for sunday's car and they didn't coffee. really salt where i live because i'm a little bit farther south yeah but it, i had to drive up to get to you and, and then further north to go to the show north, and from yeah, my house north was all, was all salted so and it was I, a lot of salt it was just, gross yeah I was like, mm. so we Montero'd it. Yep. Some brave souls took their cars out. There were like 150 cars at the yeah. Cars and Coffee. I mean, a lot of them are just daily driven, you know, Subarus and Miatas. And well, yeah, I think that's part of it is people don't have uh, the luxury of having a winter car. Yeah, exactly. If you're young, it's a lot. It was a lot of young people this time. Yep. But there also were some non-winter cars there. I was got the new, you know, C7, C7. That's a new Corvette. Yeah, yeah, yeah it was the, the, the red Z, one, the Z06, yep. 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 And there was a Viper, and there was a couple other cars that braved the braved the salt, which I don't recommend. But hey, well, the, if you're gonna both, do it. Go ahead. The Viper and the Corvette are fiberglass. Vipers yeah, are fiberglass, still right? Steel components and yeah. whatnot in them, but yeah, they, I almost forgot that that Vipers are that really nice R32 GTR. The orange one was there. That car was stupid clean, and that was out in the yeah, salt. Yeah, it had fresh paint. So yeah, who knows what's hiding? I and guess. then uh, we posted on the Instagram page the random Galant VR4 that showed up. So. I, in the, I was yes. in the coffee shop. I walked out my coffee, and this guy pulls up the Glant VR4 that we had seen on the local Craigslist. Yeah, about a year ago or so, I think. And it has, like, airbrushed skulls and, and gears. gears all over it. Yeah, it's That bizarre. may be, like, decals, but the hood is airbrushed with a skull and, like, two six-guns. Yeah, and the, the light, the vanity plate, too, does it not? Yeah. Isn't it, like, skull something vanity something plate? Something like that. Yeah. But, so, he... Rolls up parks, and then he walks into, there's like a haircut place. Yep. And then like a bunch of people walked, walked over to look at the car, because why wouldn't you look at that car? Because hey, it's... It's a VR4, number one, so it's cool, and it's covered in ridiculous... Well, one kid was like, I'd never seen one in person before. I was like, what? Yeah, it's bizarre, isn't it? <laughs> and then it, he's like, the guy like walked back out. He's like, oh, is there like a car thing going on? And we're like, yeah. It's yeah, no, just, just a, 200 people standing in a parking lot on a Sunday morning. Like, yeah, it's cars like the once open. a month. And he's like, oh, all right, neat. And then he like went back in to finish his haircut, and then he left. So. Yeah, it's such a, it was such a weird, strange thing, because to own a VR4 like that, you got to be a car guy, I assume. Yeah. And you have to understand when there's a car show coming up. But, I mean, I guess not all car guys have taste, not to bag on the owner too much, I guess, but... It's not our taste. Let's Maybe he plans on having it repainted. Maybe he does. Maybe he didn't paint that way himself, but the vanity plate leads me to believe that that's his paint job. Or he enjoys it. Or so. he enjoys it, at least, yeah. Maybe he's like the guy on uh, um, the guy in California with the Fox Body Convertible with the giant iguana painted on the side. No. Oh, you haven't seen <laughs> that one? I've never seen that. It was uh, um, uh, the Smoking Tire posted a picture of it. They saw it in 
lying around somewhere, and then somebody linked the guy that owned the car to the picture that the smoking tire posted, yeah. and it was a whole thing back and forth. The guy, the guy knows it's ridiculous, mm-hmm. but he just loves lizards. Airbrushed on the entire side of his car. Look, turtles. Yeah, exactly. I'll have to show you the link later because it's pretty funny. I'm sure a lot of our listeners also listen to to that show and have probably seen it, but it's it's pretty funny. Weird. So because we had a guest last week, we didn't get to. We kind of skipped our regular stuff, so we're going to catch up with project car updates. Yep. Uh, the day after we recorded episode twenty, uh, my twenty or twenty, it was yeah, 20. 20. Yeah, yeah. Yep. My truck showed up. My Montero showed up from Arizona on the back of a car carrier. Oh, yes, it did. Oh, yeah. So the guy calls me like 15 minutes out. So I leave work, meet him at a parking lot that's near my house because it was big enough for his truck. The battery was dead in it. Annoyance number one. Understandably. So he goes up. He's Now it's at the top of the truck that was in that picture on the Instagram page. You can see it. Right. The Montero is on top of the transporter. That's yes. What you mean. Yeah. The, the, yeah. Uh, he climbs up there. He opened the door. So for some reason, but I could have sworn that he opened the driver's door with the key. Okay. So maybe he broke the lock or something. Because it doesn't open anymore? Yeah, it doesn't work with the key. It's all right. I'll take it apart and fix it. Yeah, we'll figure it out. So it has uh, has a dead battery. He pops the hood to jump it. He left the keys in the ignition. And as soon as he jumped it. These generation Monteros, yep, have funky alarms. It immediately locked the doors. So now the truck is on top of the car carrier with locked doors. <laughs> Which is always a good place it's for It's funny it. now, but it was like really, really fucking annoying. Yeah, you were really angry when you called me. Yeah. And you called me like three times in a row because I wasn't answering because I was busy doing something else. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, oh, Andrew really needs to get a hold of me. Yes. So luckily you were able to come down and help me out. Yeah, because you had to go back to work. Because I had to go back to work. Yeah. And I don't know how he got it unlocked. He finally got it unlocked. We he borrowed a uh, did he borrow the slim the gym slim again? Gym from the guys over at the at uh, fast track. At fast DVD. track, yes, yeah. yes. It was in front of their the, the parking lot in front of their shop. Yes, and I went over the next day and I gave them some. Uh, there's a local coffee place called Dunkin' Donuts, and you get these little donut <laughs> holes. Local, local coffee place. Yeah, they're called Munchkins, and <laughs> yeah. and uh, uh, you can get like a box of Joe, which is a box of coffee. Listen, it's not a local coffee place. America runs on Dunkin'. Okay, that's true. America. Well, if you don't know what it is, whatever. I, I think that there's one in like every state now. It's just not as prevalent as it is here. I was, I was here. Being, it's on every street corner. I, I don't know be, about. I was, I was being know, nice, trying to pay them back, so I gave them something a little to to make their Friday morning a little better. Yeah, exactly. Just for helping us out. So yeah, it was a huge fucking pain in the ass to get it off. It was, and the guy wasn't even nice about it either. Like he was totally making it a hundred percent like it was our fault well, that he lost keys in the car. Yeah, he's like, "Do you have extra keys?" I'm like, "No, I just no, bought this car." Kind of like, yeah, I came from Arizona. Where did I get the keys from? Yeah. So I, I, but I did try to go to the dealership and have them cut a key because they know me there. Yep. And they cut a key, but it still didn't work. Didn't work in the lock. No, I don't no. know if the kid cut the wrong blank or whatever. Regardless, I'll, it, it doesn't matter, right? Uh, so regardless, I was there for another probably 45 minutes to yeah. an hour trying to get the stupid thing started. The good um, news is it had plenty of cool in it because we realized that once it got on the truck and left Arizona that... It was coming from Arizona and it might not have cool in it. Right? Might, it might just have water because yep. they just did a head job and they were trying to get it running right. So maybe they just put water in it because that's yeah, a that, thing you do in the desert. Yeah, well, even here in the summertime working yeah. in a car if you try to you know fix yeah. something and then eventually change it back so over. So luckily it had plenty of cool in it. It didn't freeze. Which is a bonus. Got it running. It runs. It drives. Uh, well, it was a little more to the story of getting it running first. What? Because the guy wouldn't roll it off the truck without it running. Oh, really? He was afraid to roll it down the truck. I was like, just roll it backwards, and the brakes work. Yeah. Are you sure? Yeah, I'm I'm positive the brakes are going to work. Like, just hold the brake and release it slowly. Don't just, like, come 100% off the brake and come yeah, down at yeah, 400 yeah. miles an hour. Yeah. Just... Release the brake a little bit at a time and come down yeah, nice and slow. Brakes work in a car with no power I mean, they, assist. Yeah, they don't work wonderfully, but they work. No. So eventually I finally, because we had, he was trying to have me park my truck next to his truck and like daisy chain a bunch of jumper cables together. <laughs> and I was like, I really don't want to like daisy chain, like have these metal things hanging down next to your metal trailer hooked up to my truck and Andrew's truck. And have the thing short out, and either the guy in the thing gets electrocuted or blows all the fuses in my truck. And now we have two broken trucks down here in uh. downtown BB. Like, I'm not daisy chaining this crap together. Like, it's not long enough because the truck's in the top. If you can make it fit, we'll do it with one. I'm not hooking two together. All right, so before we go further into the Montero, there is a more to the story here. There is a reason why you should pay someone like Brad the extra money. That's me. To have, an, yeah, for Vine, vintage inputs in New England, to have enclosed transport. 
Obviously, it costs more because I'm going two ways to pick up your car. Yes, but, but the care and yes. consideration is much it nicer. Is. Yes, because I'm doing it for the love of the car, and yes. not for the love of an extra buck. So but that is something you should uh, you should get a new booster pack to keep with you when you. Uh, I will buy a new booster pack. Yeah. I had a booster pack. Yeah, and I ran it over. Ah, that's what happened to my booster pack. Otherwise, I wouldn't have my booster pack with me. So I do need to buy a new booster pack. Because as one has so many broken cars, you do keep a booster pack around. I do. Well, I well use, not, they're I, not broken, but they sit. A lot of batteries, yeah. yeah. And, I, and I use the booster pack when camping. Yeah. Because it's for charging cell phones and stuff because it's got yeah. USB ports on it. Yeah. But I used it to jumpstart a car, and I put it down in front of the car. I don't know why I put it in front of the car. And then I finally get the car running, and I jumped in it, put it in gear, and... <laughs> Not what really pissed me off is not only did I ruin my booster pack. Like here we are saying that I give the extra nice care to everything, and here I am talking about how I screwed up and ran over a booster pack. All right, never mind. Moving on. <laughs> uh, is there a problem with the mixing board there? No. Or are you just looking? All right. Uh, so finally, uh... he uh, he got it down off the truck, and uh, it was just sitting there. I couldn't get it running. It was parked in a no parking tow zone spot. So I. Uh, no, it's, it's hopefully, still working. Ho- hopefully got it there, and ho- hopefully gets back in time where they towed it and got it yeah. out of there, which we did. No, it, no, the recorder is definitely working. Sorry, because we're hearing the audio output from the recorder, so it's getting something and, okay. it's, and it's recording. That's fine. The, it timer, wasn't just the in, time is running. It wasn't indicating I, on the screen. Yeah, I didn't have the, the little LED things on the mixing board weren't working, but they are now. So anyway, the Montero showed up. Montero showed up. Uh, Dattery's, ba- dat- Dattery's bed. Battery's yeah. ba- ba- battery was dead. Yep. It was a... Pain in the butt. We got it off the truck. Now that's where we're at. It was at my house safely. Uh, so then we jumped it. I jumped it again later that night. I drove it to. We had to put a new battery in. Eventually, get started. The battery's just stone dead. Yeah, I put the yeah I put the battery, the old battery I kept from my first gen, right? Because it was still pretty good. Uh, I drove it over to my dad's house, my parents' house. So we could put it on the lift and look at it. Mm-hmm. It's you know super clean, dry climate. Yep, no rust no, anywhere. Yep. Yeah, no rust, it's no rot. Baked off paint. That's all. Yeah, the paint's baked off. Whatever. The seller did disclose to me, Josh from Adventure Driven Design, that it had a bottom end noise. So that's why I got such a good deal on it. Yep, you do it need to work. Exactly. So because I guess what happened is the truck had overheated. They did a bunch of top end work. Went to run the truck again, and then it uh, it started making a bottom end noise. So. You know, it, it sounds like a familiar story it, with Monteros. It could be. <laughs> Might do the same thing. You know, a lot of people forget that oil does cool your engine. Mm-hmm. So if you overheated it, you can ruin the oil, and it could have spun a bearing. Spun a bearing, yep. or uh, the pistons are aluminum in a steel block, so a could piston could be warped. Because it does sound reminiscent of Subaru piston slap in an old Subaru. But eventually, like in Stephanie's Subaru, once it warms up, the piston slap goes away. Yeah. This doesn't seem to go away. It just stays pretty stays constant. pretty constant the whole time. And it runs good, though. I mean, the car runs and drives fine. It runs I drove and it back drives. to your house. Yeah, was... you could probably drive it around for a little while, but who knows? You might make stuff worse. Yeah, exactly. And just there's no reason right. to drive it. it out into the wilderness the way it is. Not knowing what's going on with it. Exactly. Especially. So I'll just... The plan now is in the next, like... Two weeks or so to LS swap it, yeah. <laughs> no, because I'm I'm doing some house mods at the moment. I'm putting bamboo floors in my yeah. living room. So once that's done, we will pull the engine from the Montero and just fix the bottom end, and it'll just all go back stock as it was. Which just means we have to put the Galatinor together quick because I stole your engine stand. I have a second engine stand. Oh, okay, I was gonna say I have one too. That was the that was the second engine the engine stand we used for the Galant engine. Your Galant engine. Yep. That I got for free from my old job. Free ninety nine, the best price. Yep. So, mine, mine was also free ninety nine, yep. so it's awesome. The other thing I'm going to do is uh, one of our listeners, uh, Tim Reed, pointed me in the direction of the the Expedition Portal thread to remove the alarm from the second gen Monteros. Oh, there's a way to remove it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, wire around it. Yep. So is it a uh, factory installed or is it like a port installed? Factory installed or port okay. installed or something. I kind of remember looking up the remotes for these. Mm-hmm. You had to look them up in the accessory catalog. It was a weird way to do so it. Should use a port installed part? That's what you use yeah. the port installed parts. You had to look up. Yeah, the accessory so you catalog. won't. So it's not like a Talon or a Staring. No, has I won't. Integrated. No, I won't. To it. Won't have keyless entry anymore. Whatever. Whatever. Yeah. But it it messes with things. It makes it funky to start the car. 
Somebody had already removed the horns because clearly it's been going off. Been going off, yep. And it flashes the lights, and so just going to take it out. So that's where we are with that. Going to get to that truck soon, and ideally it's only down for like a month or two. Yeah, well, plus you still have the other truck at the moment. Exactly, yeah. We're quietly trying to sell it, just kind of holding on to it at the moment because I'm using it to go back and forth to work. And if we want to... We've gotten offers for it that we might take in the future, but yeah, (laughs) Yeah, not right now because like, yeah, we don't really need to sell it for that low of a price at the moment. (laughs) Yeah. No, I think I can get what I want for it. Yeah, I'm sure somebody will buy it. And, uh, you know, if I want to go off-road or something, I can still use it. Right, because we can't use mine, that's for sure. No. But what else did we do... We actually made well, we, some progress touched, on your Galant. We touched sort of. on the Galant right yeah. there. We actually put, took the motor out of its winter hiding spot, the bottom end, um, the short block that we were trying to re-put together to put the yeah, car back nice together. Six bolts. Yep, it was in a, in a little hiding spot in my father's garage yeah. behind all the car store for the winter. So it's so on the stand. We dragged that out today. We got it on the stand, and it's also at Andrew's, uh, Andrew's father's house. Yep, we're going to inspect it. Uh, plastic gauge. The bearings. All right, so we don't have another spun bearing issue. Make sure that they meet factory specs. Uh, yep. Just go through it, make sure it's all set. We're basically going to disassemble it, send the block out, have it cleaned. Yep. Um, if it has to have it be bored out, see what, you know, how much oversized we have to go in the pistons, hopefully not very much, because they're doing basically a you know, stock, a stock, rebuild. stock rebuild. Just what I did the Galant. Yep, just like his Galant. So. Mm-hmm. It'll go back I'm, together. I'm excited because I have pretty much everything to put it back together. I had a lot of uh, a wish list of stuff I wanted to do while I was apart. But I think just financially, it's not the right time to do it. And I have the car. I'd rather have it run and drive, you know, without a new air Well, the only thing system. was, like, the exhaust is kind of big. We can figure out the exhaust. Well, I have, uh, thanks to our friend, um, I have a downpipe I can use from a 2G, which is oh, the same. that yeah. should work. Yep. And then we can play with welding an exhaust. Yeah, not a problem at all. All right. That's cool. So the only thing I wanted, the only thing I really wanted to do while it was apart was I wanted to put in... Um, all the factory AC components. You can put that stuff in afterwards if I know. you really want to. I, I was hoping to do it all at once, but I yeah, don't have the money. I, to I did it so. after my engine was in. I found all the parts. No, did you? Yeah. All right. No, it's, I just it's, figured it'd be easier while it was apart, and I just it would be, but it's not that bad. I think we wanted to add the power steering back in. That's definitely something you should try to do. Well, power steering is not working, right? Hundred percent of the power steering in the car. It's got a bad rack in the front of it. That's what it was. Yeah. Oh, the rack is then very easy to do with the engine out. Right, that's what we wanted to do as a rack. Yes. So maybe I can get one rebuilt for fairly. Uh, my eBay one, a, a talent rack, which is what you want, because the right. four-wheel steering doesn't work in your car either. I, I, ideally, I wanted to put that all back together too. It's all still they're, there, but those lines don't exist anymore. That's the problem. They're all still there, though. If they are still there, yeah. But if they're rotted, it's a huge pain. Yeah, I think it's not going to happen it's, for now. So. It's easier just to put it. Unfortunately, because of the complications of the system, or how complicated it is, rather. Yeah. It's easier just to put a talent rack into it well, my, or a DSM rack. That's for my, my my dream was to make the car perfect and brand yeah, new again. And I know. Maybe if I wind up keeping the car, maybe I'll do it in the future. I had that dream too, and then I was like, you know what? I've got a four bolt in the back. Yep. Which you can't keep with four four wheel steering. Okay. You have to put this so still three bolt style, in. and it's not an LSD. It's a three bolt with a pump on the back. That's how it pressurizes oh, really? the rear rack. So it's not a. It's not an okay. LSD. So you're better off with the LSD rear end then. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, I'll keep it that way then. Yeah. Uh, and I think the steering rack I got on eBay. I bought a lot of parts on eBay. It was yeah. like 100 bucks for no, totally a remand fine one. For buying remand parts on eBay. It's I totally do it all cool. the time. Yeah. You know, you're not buying like knockoff parts on, you know, you know stick what, on You know what I like about it right? is that the sellers basically have to have the stuff. Yeah. You're never sure with Amazon if the seller yeah. actually has the stuff. Or what warehouse it's coming where, out of yeah. if you have Rock Auto. Yeah. So. No, I have no problem buying parts of eBay. No, I do um, So I guess the car will probably handle just fine, put together the stock way, and I'll use the same uh, caster bushings that you used in yours. Oh, yeah, the white only ones? Yeah. They're cheap, like 35 just bucks. Just to help the on-center steering feel a little bit and make it mm-hmm. more driver-friendly. So I'll probably do that. And then speaking of those cars, uh, my Koyo Rad. For the Talon. Showed up for the Talon. Yep. So that adds to the pile of parts. Because you have an OEM still from 1990 probably in the downline, yes. right? Yeah. Setting yep. the seep around the edges and whatnot. Yep. So that'll be done soon, uh, as soon as it warms up a little bit more. Someday. Maybe August. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I'll bring that car over, swap that out. We'll have to um, get the Galant and the Montero out of here if I was the garage first. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I mean, the other stuff, like the talent stuff's kind of quick. And I can almost do it, a lot of it I could do at my house here. Oh, the radiator especially, that's easy enough. Yeah. Well, we'll see. 
sometimes it's just easier just to go over there because all the tools all are there. All the tools are right? there. And I have tools there, here, but, the, there, yeah. Yeah. but anyway. Well, it's like I did a radiator in the, in the 78 Colt, and it became an all-day process just because I was doing it in my driveway. Yeah. You know, it's just a pain in the butt. Okay, but and then before, so let's get to scale project cars. Yes. And we went to the RTS Expo. It was yes, like which two is weeks in, now, right? Yeah, it was not last weekend, the weekend before, yeah. which is a model car yeah. car show. What did the what does RTS stand for? Uh, I, don't, I don't. I have no idea. <laughs> I think it's the three guys involved. Oh, okay. Because one of them Stu, and I think he's the S. Um, but I don't know. It's like Robert Tom Stu or something like that. I I have no idea. Oh, whatever. So, it was cool. It was cool. It was smaller this year. They gave us a little small of a room, unfortunately. So there's still a lot of models on the table, but it just it was in one small. Yeah, we're kind of shoulder to shoulder. Yeah, it was really tough to look at them because it was they were too many too many people, not enough space. But the main reason we go to that anyway is for the flea market. Yeah, because it's really cool to see all the kits you haven't been able to get for years. And instead of like looking at them on eBay and you think about it, think about it, think about it, you see it right in front of you and you're like, oh, yeah. I'm going to buy that now. Some people have really good prices. Others have like retail and you're like, uh, okay. Yeah, I'm not going to buy a thing at the car, at the show of retail. No, it's I don't not... want to pay retail. That's why I went yeah. to the show. That's the point. It's a flea market. Everything should be cheap. But some stuff is cheap. And I actually did not buy anything this year. Which I know, is, I was surprised. Which is funny because I specifically had saved money aside from my, you know, broke ass normal self. To buy something there, and I didn't do it. I didn't buy anything. Nothing, nothing really. There hasn't been anything really, really good in the last couple of years. There was, like, was one kit I was like, super eh, unique, eh, 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 maybe, and then I just didn't do it. So, so I bought the one a Matchbox one thirty second scale Porsche nine thirty five, which I think is is it a Fujimi kit or who made the actual? Kit? I don't know who makes it because Matchbox didn't make the kit. It's it was a, a three of somebody else. three piece body. Yeah, which is bizarre. But it, the way it goes together, it looks okay, though. So if somebody else makes it, maybe I'll just try to find another version of it. I have no idea. Yeah, I'll look into it more because I open, I only paid like 15 bucks for it. Yeah, it was a good deal. So I thought it was a good deal anyways. But I opened it up, and the, maybe the nose of it got stuck in the mold or something. And it's like got melted. a weird melt spot on it, unfortunately. Which could probably be fixed, worst case. If you can't buy one for like a dollar on eBay. Exactly. I'll try to try find to one that's first, for yeah. parts or something. Yep. So that's a cool little kit. The martini, martini cool. livery and martini livery. It's a 935 with a long tail on it. And that's a cool looking car. I've but, never seen it. I've, I'm getting, I like these alternative scale. Yeah. They're just different. different. Yeah. To build smaller scale, large Ooh, scale. Cause what scale was that Gallant you did? Same scale. One thirty second. Mm. Very small scale, which I should probably put some pictures up on the auto off topic page. Yep. I have them on my personal page, but that was a fun little kit. And actually I just started working on another one thirty second scale kit as well. Yeah. So uh, my scale of project updates are I, since last week, actually started and finished a whole kit. Nice. Because it's one thirty second scale, it's less detailed, it's a lot easier to put together. Uh, but I did a, a 1970 Mitsubishi Gallant GTO. How surprising. Yes, a Mitsubishi. <laughs> I know, right? Uh, the one I'm working on now is a Mazda, though. So, hey. Mm. But I'll put some pictures up of that kit. It came out, you know, half decent for a quick little project. It's nothing that's going to be, you know. Fancy enough to win any model car show awards or anything, but it looks good on no. my shelf in the no. living room, so I'm happy with it. Anything else? Um, as far as scale project cars go, yeah. I don't think so. Project cars, we just had the Galant we talked about real quick. I haven't really touched anything else because it's, you know, other than putting wipers on my truck, <laughs> it's hardly yeah. an update. As soon as it, uh, I mean, as soon as the weather breaks, there'll be nothing but updates. I know. I'm just going to be working, 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 working. I got, um, I've got oil and a filter ready to go in the Galant to do my yearly oil change. Yep. I have to do some stuff to Deb's car. I have to do stuff to my cars. And actually, I was talking to Deb the other day, and we're going to try to do, maybe I'll talk to you about this off-air later, but one night a week, we can just work on cars every week. Okay. So just kind of get more time to do that stuff. Mm -hmm. That way we can finish our projects like the Starion and your Montero and my Galant yep. and everything. So lots of stuff upcoming. We just need winter to break. Yeah, this is awful. I'm getting depressed. I can't even talk about cars anymore. It's well, at least good. the uh, the days are the daylight is longer. Yeah, well, it's the clocks change, but yeah, doesn't help when it's salt in the roads. I can't do anything anyway. No, but it's nicer that it's not dark at four o'clock. It's very true. But even my daily driver truck is like dirty. I haven't washed it in two weeks because yeah. it's been raining and snowing and then raining and snowing. Yeah. And it's just it's annoying. It's it's just I I, I want to clean a car. You know, I want to yeah. do something <laughs> to kind of make everybody's like not go crazy. Why don't you guys just move? <laughs> Yeah, well, <laughs> this is true. <laughs> maybe we should just do it. <laughs> we'll see. So, 
this week is listener question week. It is, and we have quite a few actually. So. All right. So, so wanna, do you want to start with Instagram questions? Yeah, let's you do the Instagram questions because I got them loaded up. Okay. So the first one is from Rally Sideways. Which, who is, that is Ryan, correct? The co, uh, Vinny's co driver? Yes. So big shout out to him for becoming a listener after hearing Vinny's. Uh, yes. Vinny's little thing. Yes. It'd be funny if you say a shout out, but I, I see it, your, your, your face, you don't do that. But thank you, Ryan, for A, sharing the podcast on your page uh, and becoming a listener after last week. Yes, we appreciate it. Absolutely. It's awesome. And so Rally Sideways asks, and this is on Instagram, you should follow him because he does some cool shit. So He does. He's a rally co-driver. Yep. What's one car you wish you never sold? We've kind of covered this, but since we've got some new listeners. He is a new listener. He hasn't heard it, so... Well, We'll talk about it again. So why don't you go, Brad? Well, I mean, that's obvious. Oh, it's it's 100% my Dallin. Okay. I mean, even All though right. I hated the car, and I love the car, and I hated the car, and I love the car, it's the only car that I'm like, I need to buy another one. I need to buy that car again. I miss that car. I still mm-hmm. have my wheels. I still have all. Did you see that thirty thousand mile one? I that did popped? see that one. It's like fourteen grand. It's the same color as mine. That's the, 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 kind of the gold beige color. I do really want another one. Yeah. I really wish I'd never sold it. You it, want like a hundred thousand mile one? Not a, yeah, I don't want a perfect one. <laughs> I want a nice one. I mean, I, I would take a twenty thousand mile one if it wasn't fourteen grand. Hey, and I, I'm not disputing the fact no, that the car is worth I, fourteen. It's definitely grand. worth I think it. it is to the right person. Absolutely. It's just unfortunately I'm not in the, that time of my life where I could spend fourteen grand on one. Right the now. problem is I would buy that car. You couldn't modify it. Couldn't do anything to it. No, you just keep it in the garage. Like it my would... father does his with twenty thousand mile. You know, yeah. FBRX seven just yeah. drives it. 15, 20 miles a year. <laughs> yeah. No, that's a, that's a, like a, you know, like a museum piece. It is. And I'd love to own it at a different time in my life. Yes. But right now is not that time. Yep. So I, I would like another one. And I think part of the reason that I'm so upset about it is when the motor let go the last time, I was just so tired of it. I didn't even investigate anything and I just kind of parked it and sold it to you for parts. Yeah. And then like you pulled the motor apart and we could have just put a tie belt on it and driven it away pretty much. Yeah. You know what I mean? It didn't didn't do a lot of damage like it did all the other times. But I don't know. I just I have so many memories in the car and that's the car that turned me into the enthusiast. Like I was always a car enthusiast, but that's the car that turned me from just the domestic, you know, Camaro Mustang fiber to the more all around car guy because I kinda learned more about other countries' cars and had more fun driving that car than anything else. And I just that was the car that turned me into the car guy that I am today. So that's the one that I regret yeah. the most. Now, I it's kind of a toss-up between my 2000 Civic Si or my 2005 STI. Because I, I really like the STI, but then our friend Jordan, I get to drive his car. So it kind of makes up for that. that itch. Yeah. yeah. And that, bring back, that brings back a ton of memories when I was driving that the other day, or the, right. a couple weeks ago, rather. Um but the Civic Si, I guess, because they're so hard to find now. If, nice if I had, if I had to say of the cars that you've owned, yeah. I miss your Si the most. Yeah, because that was a fun little. It was a really fun. That was slow car fast. Yep, and that's and, and I think that that and car actually it wasn't you, even that slow. Like no, it wasn't slow. Slow. It was just it was a momentum car anyway. Yeah. It just didn't have a lot of torque, and no. it wasn't a drag racing car by any means. No, you had a, it was a stock engine with like an intake. <laughs> I know, but I had the I had the Jays Racing. Oh, I had the Jays Racing knockoff. The whale penis yeah, intake. Yeah, the carbon fiber whale penis. Yeah. But when I mean, you had the, the suspension in that car, was dialed. So it was like a bone stock driveline with really nice Just suspension. It's like the cheapest well, coilers. Coilers. It was, Whatever. It was dialed up nice. You had yeah. corner balance and everything, did you not? Not on that one. No, oh, no, just in the STI. No, I did the STI. Well, we were young and dumb, and it felt felt it felt really it was good. Pretty good. I had it lined yeah. up well, and I had uh, Falcon, the original Falcon Azenas is on yeah, it. The, the asymmetric so pattern, real sticky. Yeah, yeah, that was it was a fun fun car, and you know I could you could say the same thing about that car. That that car really kind of like you had talent already, so you were kind of already into the imported car kind of thing. But that car is the one that got you into autocross, and it got you into the SECA, and eventually into rallycross, and if to I what kept you are it, now. It probably would have turned into a track rat car, just possibly the half cage yeah. or full, or cage. still be just a autocross car. Who knows? But I, I definitely regret you getting rid of that car because I also regret not buying that car when I had the opportunity. Yeah. So, but hey, we've just discussed that before too. But. All right, so that that answers that question. Okay, next question is from S X M Rob. And uh, he just asked kind of who needs to get slapped for that ruining that gallant, which is on our Instagram page. You can right. see it. That's the one with the skulls. We're not sure. I'm not sure. It might be the guy at Supercuts, or it might be the guy before him. Yeah. 
hopefully somebody decides to repaint it just white. Well, my hope for that car is that eventually when it does come for sale again, it's just so cheap because nobody wants it. Yeah. And I, I or you or somebody we're friends with can buy it, and we can just spend a day with some acetone and a rag and clean it all yeah, off. It's just single-stage white. Like, it'll... Yeah, it'll like, come right back, right? Yeah, well, it should just come right back. Even the wet sand or just yeah. some acetone on top of the. Because as long as that stuff's not clear coated over, yeah. which didn't look like it was, yeah. we could just you know use acetone in a rag and take it down back to the white again. So mm-hmm. hopefully, we'll see. All right, and another question, uh, the last question on Instagram. Another great username is Throttle by Cable. Jared, yes, he says I follow at Classic Rally. If you could recommission one Classic Rally car and campaign it. Which would it be? He doesn't want us to go Group B because that's too easy, which I think it is too. It is very easy. It's it's the go-to answer for Rally. I want to put a second caveat on his question. What's that? No Mitsubishis. I was thinking that too. I don't want to go the easy route. Right. Because everybody thinks I'm going to say Galant VR4 Group A car. Right. And I would go, you know, 1976 yeah. uh, South Africa Safari so, Rally Lancer. To go really... So that's my real answer, but we're going to keep Mitsubishi out of it. Yeah. I'm going to go really take a... A left turn. I'm going to go with the Alpine A110. That's very cool. That's that, very cool. That's definitely a car that I would I would use in historic rally. I want to take it back a little bit further than that okay. and go back to when rally was more um, high-speed TSDs. Okay. Um, and go back to like a Monte Carlo running uh, Austin Healey. Okay. Something like that to me would be an ideal toy. They're worth so much money now you wouldn't want to do it. With one, the new one, or like a, a, a build one from a nice car, like a Healy three thousand, like a three, yeah, Healy three, Mark two or Mark one, whatever. Yep. That would be pretty cool. Um, because they used to run the, the crap hard out top, of those, and, put a hard yeah. top on it, no bumpers, and some big, you know, Lucas spotlights in the front of them. All right, um, that would be my my go to because I love those cars and I love the actual racing history they used to have before they became worth so much money that now they're all car show queens. Yeah, so I'd like to, I'd, I'd love to find a ratty one of those. And build something in it and just enjoy the car. It doesn't have to be a numbers matching anything. It can be any straight six motor in the car yep. if it doesn't have the right one. Yep. It can be a Datsun, a Mercedes motor, whatever in the car, just to have it to enjoy it and drive the car. Well, I love the color blue. That's why I like the, Ape, the Alpines. Yep. And just the styling of that car is so crazy looking. It is very crazy. And yeah. it's like rear-engined. And those have come up so much in price in the past year and a half. I would say that they've more than doubled. And even the Willys branded ones, the uh, the Dinelpines, which they sold down in, in South America, yeah, which used to be worth nothing, have now carried up in value as well. And those are thirty, forty grand now. So yeah, I think they're, they're, they're just really there. cool cars. And I have this weird obsession. At some point, I want to own a French car. I don't know why. I just think it'd be masochist. Yeah, just <laughs> I just think it'd be interesting to to own a French car yeah. for a little bit. I, I was they they have such a unique they are very design unique. like. Aesthetic to them, they just. What, were you with me when we saw one just driving down the road recently? Oh, was that with Al? Must have been with Al. Coming back from Pennsylvania, then we were just driving down the road, and there was like a DS19 going the other way in traffic. We we're like, "What the hell? What's that? Yeah. So random." Just but, the, like the single spoke steering wheels in some of them. Yep. Just, well, the DS has that for sure. Just, like just weird. I was behind right before winter hit this year. I was driving through Georgetown, my hometown, and I was driving down the road, and uh, I was behind two CV. I was just like, that just made me happy like, yeah. to be behind a 2CV. I was like, this is the coolest thing ever. Yeah. I just wanted to follow him forever. So, yeah, I, I would be so, something from that era of Austin Healey 3000. I think I would really like All right. to recommission and maybe do like a historic, you know, TSD with or maybe yep. Monte Carlo style rally with it. Yep. Um, the only other thing I can say is one of my car guy bucket list items is to four season daily. So also through winter. Uh, an MGB GT coupe. And those were cool rally cars back in the day, too. Um, and I would like, maybe not make a rally car out of it, but just kind so, of a rally car looking one. As soon as the salt hits it, it will just dissolve around you? Well, buy one that's not nice and okay. just weld in, you know, flat pan floors and nothing fancy. Just have the basic bones of the car there, basic structure of the car there, and just run it bumperless, painted wires, big fog lights, and that's it. That's how i want to just daily drive one all the time all right that's a cool car it's a very cool car mm-hmm. one of my all-time favorites all right so where's where are our next questions next questions come from facebook all right uh we're going to go to the facebook auto off topic page all right which is auto off topic podcast on facebook if that's you right follow. 
uh, Steve Bootin, who is actually our coloring contest winner, who mm-hmm. I have not forgotten about. I haven't shipped anything out to because life has been in the way, and I apologize, Steve. But I have not forgotten about you. Uh, he has a couple questions to ask. Okay. Uh, number one, this is probably a better question for you with your history in the book world. Mm-hmm. Uh, automotive books, are there any that you would recommend? Biography? Technical manuals? Coffee table books? I like uh, one of my favorite biographies is The Unfair Advantage. It's about Mark Donahue. Yep. That's a really great book. Uh, the If you want to get like really, if you're really into Porsches, uh, Genesis of Genius, Carl Ludwigson is really good. Yeah, Carl Ludwigson. Yeah, that's a good yep. name to be a Porsche writer. Um, What's the technical manual that we both have a copy of that we've been reading off and on with the engine building one? That's a great one. That's uh, scientific design of like competition engines. Yeah, scientific design of competition engines. That's yep. the name of that book. That's a really good. It's a really in depth book that dates yep. back to the fifties, doesn't it? Yeah, and that's a really cool book. Yeah, it's real, real dry though. It's very dry. Yeah, but it's 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 very the, at the same time if you're into that technical of something, it's a very well written yeah. book. The Donahue one is really interesting because it covers a lot of racing in its golden era. Yep. Especially when drivers were multi-disciplined. Yeah, and also during the... It was a very experimental era in racing where you could get away with a lot more than you can now. Yeah. So there was a lot of... The, the cool parts of that story where he talks about different ways the different teams cheated and got caught cheating and didn't get caught cheating and what they did to get away with it. Yeah, and especially in the how brazen, how brazen they were in some yeah. of them. They'd, they'd tech a completely different car and they would race. Yeah. And they'd even make it obvious. they put different numbers on it and then yeah. just get away with it. Yeah, acid-dip cars and, yep. you know, the... Uh, adjust the height of fuel towers so that the fuel would pour out faster as they're uh, pitting right. stuff like that. Let's see. Um, the, I do like, uh, actually, uh, Alex Roy's book, uh, driver. I still haven't read that one yet. That's interesting. Um, Brock Yates cannonball. That book is sort of a compilation of yeah, it's a really good one too, stories from different people who have run the cannonball. That's a very entertaining one. Though. That is very entertaining. Um, and I think if you want to, um, another book that I could recommend is not directly a car book, but something you could share with, you know, wives, girlfriends, mothers, whoever. Um, the one that your dog is named after. Oh, The Art of Racing in the Rain. The Art of Racing in the Rain is a, is a great all-around book for everybody, even people like my wife and my sister who aren't car people mm-hmm. love that book. Yep. So that's, that's a good one. And uh, I'm, I'm blanking on the author's name for that book. Yeah, I don't remember either, and I apologize <laughs> to the author. <laughs> Darn it. But uh, but The Art of Racing in the Rain is the name of the book, and look it up that way, you'll find it. It's it's a really good read, and it's good for people who are not into cars. Yeah, it's fictional. Totally fictional. Yeah, 100%. Well, it's told from the perspective of a dog, so yeah. of course it's fictional. But, I mean, the car stuff in it is legit. It is. It's it's And it's, it's as a car person, it yeah. reads well, and you're yeah. not like, oh, that's not true. Yeah. You know, the research was done right, and it's a good book to read. The, uh, what else? Oh, I like also Brock Yates, his Sunday Driver book which is about him trying to make it in the Trans Am series. Uh, that's a really good book as a driver. A good, a good companion, too, to the uh, Mark Donahue book, too. Mm-hmm. Same, yeah. same era of Trans yeah, Am. Yeah, it is, because in, in Sunday Driver, he does talk about you know meeting with Mark Donahue and yep. stuff in his trailer and Roger Penske and all, you know, all the greats of that era. Uh, I mean, there's so many books. Yeah, there's like, tons. And but, it all depends on whatever discipline of car that you're yeah. you know, more into than the next. And coffee table books, I, I can't recommend a coffee table book because they're all, it's very whatever you're into because it's basically a more visual thing. So, I mean, I, I can certainly tell you probably the most written about brand ever is Porsche. Porsche. Yeah. Porsche. Excuse yes. Me. Oof, Porsche. Porsche. Ah. Beat. Porsche. Ah. Porsche. Ah. There's a, there's a lot of coffee table books about Porsche Oz. Yes. But, I mean, and and I've had many coffee table books that aren't even specifically about one brand or another, just about errors in cars or the muscle car books. Or There's, there's so many books out there for, for coffee table style books. I have a really good one upstairs about Rally, and I cannot remember the name of it. Yep, because we didn't prepare for this question. Now, Although we've given I, plenty of book answers, I, so I don't feel bad. No, <laughs> I did want to prepare for it, and then I... I we kind of got off track this this afternoon. Working we, on the Gallant. Yeah. yeah, we moved that engine, but I wanted to. I can post some links later, so we'll All do right. that. Steve, second question: mm-hmm. Should I go with dual Weber side drafts for my Corolla, or stick with the downdraft type? 
That's you, Carb Man. I am Carb Man. Um, reliability. Not just because you like French fries. Yeah, I do love French fries. I do love carbs. Uh, Reliability-wise, the downdrafts are easier to deal with, and they usually have electronic um, chokes, or at least a ma- even a manual choke. Wait, who makes the downdrafts? Weber makes the downdrafts. Okay. I mean, I, I'm assuming he has Weber downdrafts, because most people do. It's like what's on the Raider is a Weber-style downdraft. Oh, 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 oh okay, yeah. Um, right. I understand. Yep. And whereas the side drafts are usually less... They're, you know, they're more tunable as far as jetting and whatnot, but they're less user-friendly as far as having a choke. So, we're, we're, so we're it talk- depends on what he wants to do with the car. Yeah, what we're talking about with carbs, a, a downdraft would be one that the air intake air is, on, is the on the top and comes from the top into the bottom. And yep. the side draft, it comes into the side of the, side of the engine. And the reason why those are used more for performance because it's a, like a direct shot into the intake. The intake is much straighter because it's side draft and you're shooting it. I'm not sure what the other advantages are. Mm-hmm. Although they sound amazing. Uh, nothing sounds like well, a side when you're, carbs on a car. When you're running dual, uh, you're you've now split. You've you've got two carbs for four cylinders. Right. So each carb is feeding two cylinders. Yes. So it's. But like, he's running. But he's running dual downdrafts. It sounds like right yes. now. Okay. Um, if you drive the car a lot, I would just stick with the downdrafts. If yeah. you have to get in the car and drive it to work and not worry about it, downdrafts are going to work longer without maintenance. Side drafts are going to come out of sync all, uh, more often and they're going to be a lot harder to tune mm-hmm. to your specific car and if you're not willing to deal with it then I would stick with the downdrafts. Okay. Um, ideally I would tell you to throw them all in the trash or not throw them in the trash sell them to somebody else who wants to use them if you want to use the car all the time and switch to a uh, individual throttle body setup. That would be the ideal way to go. Man, but not then, spending a thousand dollars. Yeah, then that requires management. It does, but when you talk ACU about and... you know spending the money on that versus spending the money for a nice set of you know Weber side drafts, it's not much difference in price overall. On the okay, end. all right, it uses the same manifold too. So all right. Anyway, that's just just a thought. Uh, but yeah, I would stick with the downdrafts for a for a driven car. Don't they have ones now that are hidden? Don't they make Weber covers for these to like? Disguise them in older cars. Um, I think Gen the Gen V ones yeah. that look like Webers. They don't. They don't like. They look different enough to not have any kind of copyright infringement. But but, but an injector look, sits inside. Right. They look like cars that have injectors in them. Hmm. Cool. Um, his third question, which is your limit of questions, people. I'm kidding. No, I'm kidding. Yes, as many, as many as you want. want. As many as you want. Uh, Steve's third question is: I recently bought the GMC variant of the same truck as Brad. As me. For everything duties. And you were telling me about this. Is it foolish to buy a plug-in tuner to increase the power slash fuel economy? It is not foolish. Um, I've been doing my research on this. um, And the Banks six-gun tuner seems to be the way to go. Um, It has a stupid name, I think. It's a very truck bro name. Very very truck bro name, yeah. But it has six levels of between economy and power. So you can just leave it on economy if you're driving the car around and turn up the power if you need it for whatever. Um, I was roll some sweet coal, right? Actually, probably uh, with the banks. It will not roll coal with the banks because he's anti-rolling coal. Yes. Um, I would personally, if I have it, it's just got to be basically for fuel economy. Is it like double fuel economy? You're telling me it's not quite, not quite double fuel economy, but it gets significant increase in fuel economy. So it does, it does really well. Um, That's the one that I would go with. It's about six hundred bucks, I think. Uh, Has the best reviews and the best longevity, and doesn't affect anything else in the truck. Uh, I will eventually be going with it because I drive the truck all over the place and on long highway runs. It'll help a lot. Yeah. Um, so long I would flat yeah, highway. Yeah. Yeah. I would definitely recommend going something like that. Not so much to increase power because, you know, if you're using a truck as a daily driving truck, I wouldn't want to, you know, beat up the rest of the truck by putting more power through it. Plus, you know, the more power you put, the more boost it makes, the more turbos wear out. Everything wears out. I just, I, I would, I want to do it myself for fuel economy. Maybe it's boring. But I didn't buy the truck it to go fast. There's plenty of power yeah. and torque. I didn't buy the truck to go fast. Yeah. So, and then he says, as always, thanks for posting an awesome podcast week to week. Well, thank you, Steve, for listening week to week. I appreciate it. So, next question is from D. Gone, who is D, who is the model builder extraordinaire that we spoke about last week and gave you his Instagram to follow. Um, and we got to see uh, his model kits in person, we that, did. his yeah, recent builds brought, brought at, five the of his recent builds yep. at the RTS Expo, and they were all amazing as I always. I posted some of those on the Instagram page. Um, he says, or for his first time question of yeah. our show, a, a joke question. Yeah. What makes an ocean wave wave? Oh, I don't know. I don't know either. Is it a dad joke? 
I have no idea. I, is there a dad joke punchline to that? I've uh, never heard maybe. that one. If there is, I should because I'm a dad. And so is he. But I don't know that one. All right. Noah Zimmerman asks, "What do you make of autonomous vehicles plowing into people and objects?" Why? Where does that happen? Well, it's been happening everywhere. Not everywhere, but it's happened a few times. Have you seen the video of of like the uh, the Tesla crashing on the highway last week? It went to Jersey Barrier. This guy was on autopilot. Okay. Was... So these cars now are basically beta testing. But they're beta testing if you buy it. Like you're beta testing the car. Yeah. So it's kind of. Uh... They're not marketed as full autonomy, and they shouldn't be. They're not, but where does the liability lie in this case? I don't know. That's the that's the twenty four million dollar question here. Yeah. Like, where does the liability lie when I mean, your autonomous car crashes on the highway? We're probably, I mean, within the next ten years, definitely. I mean, it's gonna the technology is gonna ramp up real fast. So even probably less than ten years, because you think about where cell phones were 10 oh, years yeah, ago con- technology compounds like it, it's like it's like interest yeah i mean if you think <laughs> it, about it goes like, real fast real quick like an iphone came out in 2007 probably for example yeah and now it's 2017 yep and like how far like phones like suddenly well, not, just... not, not even from 2007 to 2017 but like from 97 to 2007 that's the biggest jump because you went from your you know flip phone motorola to your iPhone in that well, 10 years. if you... Now we're getting into phones. If you, like... If you consider a smartphone the jump-off point, like, from... When did you get your, like, Google phone? Whenever it came out. So probably... Probably 07. They're all the kind G1. of around the same... Yeah. yeah. The G1. So when you went from a flip phone to a smartphone, that's when it was, like... Like, yeah, exactly. It, like, took it's mind off. blowing. Yeah, and I don't even like. I can play video games while waiting for my food at McDonald's. Yeah, like, <laughs> I I remember having you know life before cell phones. Then I remember having a cell phone, and then I remember yeah. having a smartphone. It was like, and Whoa. then you remember nothing else because yes, always on your smartphone for the past ten yes. years. <laughs> so basically, my point is that, like we said, technology is getting better, faster, and faster all the time. That's just the way it works. Yeah. So. I mean, Tesla's doing this massive data collection by running these cars. And I think it's, I, I think honestly, right now it's a little scary. But there's, I have personally seen in traffic a uh, Tesla yeah. enter into autonomous mode because you yeah. can tell. Mm-hmm. Because when it goes from being controlled by a driver to being autonomous, usually there's a little jerk in the car. Yeah. Like you'll see it starts to wander off to the old line and it finds the line. Yeah. And then it's, it's you, you, you can usually kind of tell when it's happening. And it kind of scares me, and I avoid the car on purpose. But it's not just Tesla. I mean, GM, Ford, Toyota. Which I think scares me more than Tesla. <laughs> they're all, yeah, but they're all they're all researching this. They're all doing it. Yeah, and it's coming. It will exist. There will be autonomous cars. And the guy from I think it's from uh, Lyft. Yeah. Uh, the car service was on the Daily Show yeah. a few weeks ago, and they were talking about how they're beta testing things so they can have Lyft cars that just. Like, there's no driver. It's just a car. Yeah. <laughs> a jiffy cab? Yeah, exactly. So that was that was kind of interesting to hear him talk about that, too, because they're putting a ton of money in the researching with Ford, actually, to do to do that. Yep. So that was interesting. Um, I mean, Ford so, has been calling themselves a mobility company. Yeah, which is bizarre. So um, the question, though, is what do you make of autonomous vehicles plowing into people and objects? Like, so right now the question is, wh- what do you think is causing it? What do you think the problem is? And so you say it's beta because they're all being beta tested. It's, that's it's not data. Yet. It just doesn't yeah. know. So, and my point to that question is, who's liable? So if you're driving an autonomous car. I don't know who's liable. But if you're driving an autonomous car and somebody changes lanes in front of you and your car doesn't react fast enough, are you responsible for rear-ending them? I I would say yes because that's the way insurance has always worked. You have to be in control of your car. That's how it's always worked. That's so I, that's, that's the precedent. That's, that is my story as well. So if you're driving down the road and your car just drives off the road into the Jersey barrier, that's your fault for not catching it. Yeah. So I I mean we we shall see. I'm sure there will be landmark cases in this. And... I'm sure there will, and I and I'm willing to bet that in the case where it's a single car crash and a Tesla goes off the road and hits a barrier or something, I'm willing to bet Tesla's going to foot the bill for that for that customer. Well, one person has already died. Oh, I hadn't heard that one yet. No, this was like, you know, maybe six months ago. A guy died using autopilot or whatever. Jesus. So, I mean, it's... I, I don't trust it, personally. And 
you know, I enjoy driving, so an autonomous car is not for me. I would. I like... even enjoy driving in traffic because it's just interesting and challenging. And like you know, I'm driving my I guess my 2500 diesel truck with a 20 foot trailer through downtown Manhattan, and I'm like, oh, this is not a big deal. I'm have it the 95 through New York, so the Bronx, I guess. But all right, well, yeah, that's a and little I even different. enjoy that because it's like it's a challenge. You know, I, I just enjoy driving. I but don't like if I need to get to work in the city, it would be nice to just hop in a little personal pod and just, it would just take me to work or a train. The trains around here do not work that well. That's the problem. That's true. If if that's the other but thing. no, but no, trains that, do work just fine because you get from point A to point B. It's just the timing is is screwy. Yeah, they if don't. If you're in your own autonomous pod, the timing's not going to be any better. You're still going to be stuck in traffic, so it's going to work just as good as the damn train. Not if they're all working together. So that's, and that, communicating. But now we're, now we're not talking ten years down the road from now. We're talking a lot longer down the road, and there's going to be one asshole in the middle driving his 1978 Dodge Colt, <laughs> screwing up the whole thing. <laughs> that's gonna be me. <laughs> so no. I, I, I don't know. I, I don't. I don't want to live in a I world mean, where we don't have a choice. That's that's the other argument too. Is if we just made public transit the systems that already exist, if you made them better, you would need autonomous cars everywhere. I mean, in in parts of the country that have yeah, the public like, transit, but those are the parts of the up. country that are buying these cars. People yes. in, you know, I don't mean to. You know, I'm not trying to be mean here, but people who live in the middle of the country aren't buying Teslas. No, because they don't a have charging stations. No, or b they have a lot further to drive lot, from point yeah. A to point B, and they can't use. Electric There's a car. lot of Teslas in the Boston area. The, the big metropolises all have them. A few I've seen a few around in the suburbs here. Uh, yep. When I, you'll, you'll you'll be in. You're gonna. I don't want to blow up your spot too much, but you're gonna be in L.A. in a little bit on a vacation. Yeah, a couple weeks. Yeah. Um, but when all I was, over the place when I was there too, they're yeah. everywhere. It's like you could just you just turn. There's a Tesla. Yeah, I was, a Tesla, I was Tesla. out there almost a year ago to the date, and it was when the Model X was coming out. Yeah, and I hadn't even seen one in person, and I landed in L.A. and it was like they were everywhere. They were like ants. Yeah. <laughs> How are so, these all out here already? It's, it's interesting. I, I've I'd like to drive one. I haven't driven one. Yeah, I've not driven one either. Be, I haven't even been up too close to one. I've never really actually. I've never driven a fully electric car, so it'd be interesting. I have driven a fully electric car. What car did you drive? Um, a Leaf. Oh, okay. Nissan Leaf. I didn't drive it far. I just drove it, you know, around a, a parking lot at the shop. We fixed it. I mean, the we so we sort of gone away from autonomous, but the the Volt sort of intrigues me. That seems like a neat car. Yeah, but it's just I like a the idea of it, and it's not like I don't know, it's not an exciting car. I know it's not an exciting car, but sometimes you just need a car to commute to work. No, you don't. Buy something exciting. I, I guess, but it's not exciting when you sit in traffic. Doing five miles an hour. No, but getting to that point of traffic needs to be at least somewhat entertaining. That's why I'm not a huge fan of driving my big truck around because it's not entertaining. No, I have to make it entertaining. I'd rather just work from home, but that's besides well, the yeah, point. So would everybody. <laughs> that's besides the point. <laughs> I'd rather not ever get out of bed. That's the other. That's the other way to fix this traffic issue is if, yeah, if more people just work from home and telecommute because a lot of times there's no reason for people to be in the office ninety percent of the time. Just come in every couple of days for meetings. So. So my my basic thoughts on autonomous cars are I don't like them, but I'm an old curmudgeon. I'm grumpy. I don't like new things. I like oh, carburetors. You're getting them. I like carburetors. I like fuel and gas. But I also like saving the earth, so I understand electricity and electric cars. And I also understand other people don't like to drive. And maybe those people should have autonomous cars, and I can just use them as pylons in my daily autocross <laughs> to work. So uh, next question is yep. from Tim Reed. Okay. Very related to the earlier question about the Galant. He says, can we burn that VR4 to the ground? I wouldn't burn it to the ground. Like, we, we can save it. Right. We think it's easy enough to fix it. It's not yeah. worth yeah. It's not worth parting it out. We'll, keep, it, we'll keep an eye on Craigslist. If it pops up, we'll see. We'll figure out a way to own it. Yeah. Because it was a pretty clean car. It was a clean car. All right. Last question of the night. Yep. Uh, Perfect Mr. timing. Speaking of LA, yep. uh, Mr. Joe Stanley. Oh. What is the price you guys would put on an experience? Recently, I drove by the Porsche Experience Center in L.A., a huge track that you can take your choice of Porsche. Porsche, excuse me, I'm screwing this yep. all up. Let me restart this question. What price would you guys put on an experience? Recently, I drove by the Porsche Experience Center in L.A., a huge track that you can take your choice of Porsche out onto the to, out out on to the tune of five to twelve hundred dollars, depending on the car, for an hour and a half. He goes, this seems expensive, but I know I'll never own a Porsche, so this is almost tempting to me. Well, Joe, you live in L.A. There's tons of cars on Turo. 
it's some not, of them it's not a racetrack. Some of them Porsche. You don't have to know a racetrack. You can uh <laughs> what? There's all those canyon roads in LA. Right. <laughs> I I I I agree with what you're saying. Yeah. Um but I think even on a turbo car, if it's $130 for the day, you're still responsible for fuel and there's extra insurance you can buy. I'm assuming that this 500 to 1200 probably includes fuel and insurance. I guess. So I, if, I'm betting if you wreck the Porsche on the track, you don't owe, owe them a new Porsche. I don't know. I don't, I don't know the specifics, yeah. so I'm talking completely out of my butt here. I don't know. But I, I think Maybe they that, give you some instruction. That might be good. Yeah, I, I think that... If you even the smallest Porsche available right now is a Boxster, right? That's the slowest Porsche available. Probably. Yeah, and it's not a bad car. No. So if if the if the cheapest car available is the Boxster and it's five hundred bucks for an hour and a half of track time, like an hour and a half of track time is a long time. It is a long time. You'll probably you'll probably be like, all right, are we done? Yeah, an hour an hour and a half is a long time. It doesn't sound like a long time, but it's a long time. Like, you, you do a track day, you're not going to get an hour. Track and days half. are like broken up into like twenty minute sessions. Yeah, exactly. by the end of twenty minutes, you're like, all right, I'm ready for a break. Yeah, exactly. So an hour and a half is a long time, and if you can get, I I, I would spend five hundred bucks to spend an hour and a half lapping a boxer, if that's what it is. That sounds pretty good to me. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's a lot of money, but it's not something you're going to do every weekend. You know, you just forego going to the movies for a few weeks and yeah. you save 500 bucks and uh, do it up. So close to getting the car off Turo last time I was there, but we just weren't in L.A. long enough to justify it. Yeah, we won't be there long enough either. Yeah. We're just going to have a... Because I was going to rent a Porsche that was like, fuck it, might as well, like... Yeah, never we'll, dri- I'd never we'll, driven one before. We'll it up, exactly. It's California, like, you rent a Porsche, I guess. Yep, well... The Canyon Roads are fun, even when I did them last <laughs> time in my rental Gallant, which was a terrible car. Ugh. That's one of the rare cases that will shit talk right, Mitsubishi. It was a sixth gen Galant, or no, so, sorry, eighth was it eighth or ninth yeah, gen Galant. Eighth, eighth gen Galant. They're awful cars. I had a Hyundai. Oh man, it was Elantra. Yeah, the little one. Oh, the littlest one, or like the normalish one. The was... accent is a tiny, tiny car. It was, oh, the accent's yeah, a little uh, one. It was small. It was oh. Korean. And it was small a small four door. Yeah, it has CVT. But they're not terrible. I mean, they're they're, not. they're okay. We had a rental Forte it, for a while. It, it wasn't worked. A car. Yeah. Well, we had we had a, we had a, like a top of the line Forte, and Deb actually liked it because it had like the Bluetooth and the moonroof, yep. and it was just for you know sixteen grand. It was a pretty good car. Not an enthusiast car by any no. means, but I mean, I think it had a CVT. It couldn't quite. <laughs> it couldn't shift right. Yeah, and I would uh, the Triptronic. I would keep it in like second or third or whatever it thought those were. Yep. To try to like give it a little more pep because definitely smoked it going up some mountains. But... Now we've talked on this show before about our experience with the Nissan CVT, so yeah. we'll leave that CVT discussion for another day. So, so that is the last listener question. Thank yep. you everybody for submitting listener questions. Thank we you for listening. That. We appreciate. I got that too. Yep, it's awesome that we have so many listeners and that you yeah, guys... way more than we ever expected to get. So yep. keep listening. Keep uh, yep. reviewing, sharing. Uh, review us on iTunes, iTunes. please. Yeah. Uh, you can probably review us on Google Music, too, I'm not sure. More, more than likely. Or anywhere, even on our yep. you know, Facebook page, so whatever. You, you can find us on iTunes, Google Music, uh, and any podcast apps that pull from there. Yep, which actually, I've been using that podcast addict, and I've been recommending it to everybody. Yeah. But lately, I need to find a new one. <laughs> it's, dro- it's dropped a few episodes, so I'm going to try Google Google music. using Google Music, I think. There's only a couple... Other podcasts you listen to that aren't on there, I think. I don't even know. But if I don't, if it's not on there, it's probably not on Podcast Addict anyway. So, yeah. Unless it's on iTunes and not Google Music. I don't know. But we're there. That's all that matters. Yep. <laughs> That's all we're talking about right now. And you can find us on Facebook at Auto Off Topic Podcast. Yep. You can find Brad's company, Vintage Imports of New England. On, is it Vintage Imports of New England? On Facebook, too? Yep. Like that? On um, Instagram, it's Vintage Imports of N-E. E-E. Yep. And you can email you, is it Brad at... Brad at vintageimportsofnewengland.com. Because if you need a car transported, you should have it transported in an enclosed car trailer. You should, if I do say so myself. Yes. Uh, and you can follow uh, the podcast on Instagram. It's Auto Off Topic. You can follow me on Instagram, Raced in Anger. And uh, if you care to, my personal Instagram is TSISS350. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh I think that does it. It does it. That was a good episode, sir. 
All right. It's a little late tonight, so sorry for the yawns you heard in there. Yeah. <laughs> you guys thought a little late tonight. Yeah. <laughs> well, surprisingly, we did pay. We're not well drinking coffee. No, we had an 8%. Uh, coffee stout. Yes, a little different. But we, it was a, I think it was a 16 ounce bottle. So Something we, like that. So yeah. we split it. But anyway, keep your cards analog. <laughs>